Hi everybody and uh, welcome to the latest Running Reborn podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Ben Parks. Now many of you will uh, have heard of Ben and will have seen him. He's a, a YouTube sensation. He has a huge following on Instagram. He's one of Strava's most followed runners. He's a great marathon runner and a great coach. Um, and I've been sort of privileged to work with Ben really from the start of his kind of running career and uh, follow his journey. And it has been an amazing journey. I guess we're all on our own running journey. So it would be really good to, to listen to Ben and he can tell us about what's worked for him, some of the uh, kind of challenges he's had and what he's got planned for the future. So I hope you enjoy our chat. So Ben, welcome to the pavilion again. Yeah, so lovely to be back. And I've brought the sunshine with you today, which the <laughs> listeners can't see, but take it from us, we've got a beautiful view out along the cricket. Yeah. Uh, have, cricket you, pitch. have you ever been here on a, on a dull day? I no, I normally, <laughs> normally pretty bad, but so much fun always to be out here with yourself. Unfortunately, not running today, but yeah, we'll be back running again in a couple of weeks. So the traditional run down the Thames path isn't going to happen today? No, Sarah's gone to do that. She's done that for both of us today. But uh, as Shane's alluding to, I've got a little bit of a niggle here at the moment. So, but yeah, it should be another few, uh, few more days off. And then we'll be back running again very soon, enjoying the British summertime. Excellent, excellent. I can start nagging you about your form again. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully it's getting a little bit better. I think it is. I think it's, uh, something's happening. Something's working. So, yeah, listen, thank you for coming. Really appreciate you taking part in this podcast. Now, this podcast really is for the Running Reborn members. And uh, really, all of our members, they're kind of on their own running journey. We're all on a running journey, I guess. Um, And I'm really keen to get people to come in that I've worked with who I think have had, uh, or you're on your journey, um, but you've had a really interesting journey so far. And I'm really keen to get people that I've worked with to come in, have a chat, and see if some of our listeners and our, and our members can learn from what you've done. Because no doubt you've done some things well. You may have made some mistakes. A few mistakes <laughs> along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be yeah. So it's just be nice to have a chat um, and uh, catch up and see where you are on your your kind of journey so far. Yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck into it. So. Yeah, so we know we know Ben Parks, the runner, but uh, now, but what was your what's your first memory of running? Can you is it at school or what was your first memory? Um, the first memory I have of running, I suppose, or running in a competitive way, which I don't think I've ever talked about before. I think of something different every time someone asks me. <laughs> um, but when I was younger, we uh, my mum's quite an equestrian person, and through sort of her thing of growing up. We did this thing called triathlon, or to tap tetrathlon, I think it was called. So four events: you'd run, shoot, ride a horse, and swim. Wow! Um, which I don't even know if that exists anymore. But I was always really a lot stronger on the running side of that than the others. So uh, yeah, it was probably when I was about sort of six, seven, eight years old, okay. probably up to about ten. And then I became allergic to horses, which isn't very good. I was <laughs> uh, taking that forward. So I never rode again, and I just sort of grew up and, and came under it. But I do remember, even back then, kind of thinking, I'm a little bit faster than everybody else at running. Maybe there's a little bit of a natural talent there. I've got some good photos, just looking very red-faced. <laughs> as, as most people are at that age, where it's just absolutely go for it at a 100-metre yeah. pace yeah. and hold it for as long as you can. Um, yeah, used to really, used to really enjoy those things, and it was always good as a kid. A lot of, 
lot of advice for people when they are growing up is to never just stick to one thing. So I was hmm. always sort of training in sort of four different areas, which was which was really good. Excellent. And then, so the first time we met, oh goodness knows. I mean, every time I tell the story, the the, 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 the time scale changes. So I don't know how many years ago it was now. Six, so from, uh, probably around about yeah, six or six, five or six years ago. Five or six. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I was just in that part of my life. I don't even know where I'd have been living at the time, but um, I've just fed up with being so average at everything. I can't really describe any better than that, and it was almost like a New Year's resolution, or it, I don't know when it was, but it was just a case of like, okay, find one thing that you're best at, and let's see what we can, how well we can get at it. So, um, as I said to you earlier, it wasn't a case of like getting a coach, I didn't even know if people could do that, or people like me would even be considered for something like that. So I thought of ways I can go and see people, draw on their expertise for a, a day or a morning or something, and take it back and put that into my own training. So I wasn't looking for like a long-term, ongoing relationship sort of thing. And um, I don't know why it was, but I, I did some Googling and, and went on a little minefield of how to improve writing form and stumbled across your name <laughs> on a database somewhere and got in touch. And uh, probably thought that's a lot of money, <laughs> but uh, it's probably the best money I've ever spent. So because uh, yeah. you had a job at the time, so you had a job at the time, didn't you? I, mean, I had a corporate job at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, skiving off for the morning. Okay. Um, I remember having an awkward conversation with while my phone wasn't on as I was driving out of Goring that time um, with my boss at the time. But no, that was just—it really was a case of I was in a job that I wasn't really enjoying and I was just looking for other mm. happiness in life and yeah. you know, where can I go out and, and start and make a big, a big change in sort of work and life and everything that I was doing at the time. So mm. uh, yeah, you formed part of that in early <laughs> stages. Yeah. So uh, that's good to hear. So we did, I think we did about four or five sessions together over a period of time. Um, where we were looking at your movement. Of course, you were looking after your engine and getting fitter. Yeah. Um, and we did our sessions together, and then you kind of disappeared and went off and did whatever it is you're doing. And I remember one day, just on social media, seeing, I don't know, there was some filming taking part, I think, down on the South Bank in London or something like that. And, uh, and it, there was some video of that, some really cool black and white video, I think it was. Okay. And I was just sat watching it, and I thought... Is that Ben Parks? And, and then I kind of read the names, and sure enough, it was. So in that period of you kind of disappearing off to, 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 to get a better runner, and then you suddenly appearing in this really cool video, I mean, what happened? <laughs> Obviously quite a lot, but... I guess, I, th I think a lot of... The reason why I think I got in touch was obviously to improve my movement, and essentially with that was to stop getting injured. Mm. And if I could move across the, move across the ground better better form, use less energy, and less impact on my body. Okay, so I think I was just running all the time and, and just trying to get as fit as humanly possible. Um, taking what I'd learned from yourself, uh, taking some stuff I'd learned from other people through diet and through like building a proper training plan and all, all of this stuff I was uh, absorbing from books or people I was going out to see. Yeah. And then just putting that all into action. So it was a case of just bringing in all these pieces together and then yeah, the just and that kind of combined with a real love of it, which I think is what you have to have to get to dedicate that much of your life to it. Because yeah. it was a case of I was sacrificing other areas of my life through work and relationships and things just to run as much as I possibly could. 
because that would just give me a lot of happiness. Well, that's good. And I can definitely identify with that. And what, so, so, so at some point you just thought, right, I'm going to give up the corporate life. How did, that, how did that work? Did you transition out of it or did you just wake was, up one day? It was and really kind of by, anyway? not by accident. Obviously, I remember distinctively driving through central London in a nice fancy car that I had and I don't know what it was. It was just, you know, five minutes of funny. I had to phone my boss and say, I can't do this anymore. And, and I didn't have a plan. I had no idea. Wow, okay. But I just knew I couldn't carry on with this anymore. We had a perfectly nice chat. And he was, yeah, I care about it, and we agreed. I think I had a three month notice period. Um, like a lot of corporate companies, they don't want, they just want you out the door as quickly as possible. So I guess I had three months of income that would be coming in, I had three months. And when I got home that day, I spent the next sort of two months trying to find another job. It wasn't a case of. Going oh, right, so you didn't decide you were, you no, were leaving to was, become a full time runner? It was runner. kind of completely by accident, but because I was running all the time, Thinking about building a social media presence as such, uh, which I don't even work on that much anymore, but through Instagram, just taking pictures on Instagram, building up a Strava thing, engaging with the running community, just putting out very basic, helpful advice. Yeah. I was then getting a bit of traction. And at the same time, I spent most of the morning applying for jobs up to lunchtime. And in the afternoon, I would just do stuff that just felt so natural to me. Sure in making content, making blog posts on the website, because I was trying to find out all this information, and I was literally just, this is what I'd learned, and I was just digesting it, it's a really simple, easy to understand terms for people um, to, to digest, and it just, and then I made, I'd made a website, because the blog posts were on there, and then people were asking me questions, and I, was, I said to Sarah one day, let's just make some training plans, and so we knocked together a few training plans over the course of a week, and people started buying them. Right. And I was like, how on earth is this happening? I'm now managing to earn five or six pounds. And it was all of that thing of like, you'd wake up in the morning and three or four people had bought something in the night. I was making money while I was sleeping. It was kind of really <laughs> peculiar. Yeah. But then people would like those plans, they'd talk about them. And it just sort of snowballed from there. Yeah. To a point where about six months after I quit my job, I was then not really applying for any more jobs. I wasn't getting any, I wasn't having any interviews, but it got to a point where I was like, okay, I can probably just about survive mm. after about six months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was never my intention when I quit my job to do this. It right. just, okay. it just, hap- it just okay. sort of happened. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, or I just spent every waking day thinking, how can, yeah, how can this happen? And it's interesting because obviously the, you, you now have a really good following, and you, I mean you're a pretty humble guy, and you you know you, you kind of don't talk about it that much, but you have a huge following now. And I think certainly from my point of view, when I talk to people, I think one of the reasons people follow you is because you do give out a lot of good, sensible, easy to get information. Um, that, that I think it's just based on what on what you're doing. Or, or yeah, what just you've based found. on my experiences. But I was all, you know, I'm just like anybody else, so I think that's what I try to be. When people are coming to me saying they're asking some advice on how to break three hours, I was the person doing that research a few years before. So I was just getting all of this stuff in, seeing what worked for me, and just trying to put it, rejig it in a really easy to understand way that someone, that running isn't their life, like they've got other priorities in life, and they don't know all the technical terms that some coaches would use all the time. So it was like, 
Okay, well, I understand that, but let's just talk about this in a really simple way yeah. so people can yeah. you know, just take the basics. People haven't got all day to read every book that's ever published and stuff. So I was like, I'll, I'll do all the work <laughs> and I give it just give people the highlights chunks of, <laughs> yeah. of how to improve. Yeah. And that was kind of combined with my sort of Strava and documenting my own training of putting all this into action mm. because there's so many people on social media these days that can take a nice photo and flex and look good, um, but they don't really do anything with it. So I was kind of combining my actual running, my actual training, you know, practicing what I preach, and putting some content out there. And for whatever reason, people like it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it. Well, they I get still it. can't understand why sometimes. <laughs> um, we try and add a bit of personality and a bit of fun yeah. to it. All. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. just comes out because we love it. Because you're so. enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's that, that, yeah, that, it's that, almost that cliche, but if you love what you're doing, then it kind of... Uh, doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't, yeah. It's the same for me. I mean, well, you know that. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's definitely the same for me. And so, and so you, you kind of because when you first came, you know, for the coaching and stuff, and you know, it was kind of thinking about sort of. I don't. Were you about a four-hour marathon pace? At I was the probably time? around sort of around three thirty. Okay. Um, you don't remember this, but I actually bought a friend of mine to come and see you. You, you won't. I, I guarantee you won't remember this. But okay. I just came along. Um, and I think I'd only had one session with you, and and I, I had a quick chat in the car. I said, oh, I bought my friend Alec at the time to come along and uh, see what you think, because I was really impressed with what you'd done with myself. And I said, yeah, I'm trying to get better, trying to break a three-hour marathon. And you had a bit of a, a chuckle, I think. It was like, <laughs> okay, well, you're going to need a little bit more work than that. I don't but, uh, yeah, we're in the Swan car park just down there. Okay. Um, in the, but in the nicest possible way. And I've had a lot of people say that can happen, but mm, I don't know. I'm all trying to prove people wrong. It really can be such a powerful yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I always remember saying that people, you could never make a living out of running. Mm. Well, we'll be standing here doing it. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Um, but it is an incredibly difficult sport to make a living in. Um, there's hardly any profession, properly professional runners. Yeah. And the, the ones that are have to be out there grinding every day trying to make ends meet getting yeah. sponsorships and stuff and I didn't want to go down that route sure um, but so, uh, yeah. so how did so, so what how did you get from that from, from that uh, that pace that marathon pace to to, to doing 225 and, and for chasing 220 I mean obviously you're moving beautifully and it's almost entirely down to me but, <laughs> but you, must have, you must have done some hard work on your engine I mean how did you you know did you create your own training plan did you have a coach or how did you no, how never, did you get I've never that had a, much fitter I've never had a coach it is it is simply I, I just so firmly believe in just that sort of trusting the pro, I always just look at the process. I never look at the outcome at the yeah. end. I just yeah. go out every day to enjoy what I do. Yeah. The day I stop enjoying it, I go and do something else. Yeah. And so when I when I set off my run in the morning, just got a podcast on that I enjoy listening to, I just go for a run. Mm. And essentially with a lot of endurance sport, the more jogging and easy running you can do at a low intensity, the better. I don't personally enjoy doing those hard fast sessions you have to do it every now and then yep. but just for me going for a jog seeing nature seeing the seasons seeing different sounds seeing people just seeing life as you go along a trail or a path or a road whatever 
bumping into things. I'd always have stories I'd come back with. And every day I was going out there and just loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just so great. And so in terms of how I got much faster, I was just running all the time and just really enjoying it. Um, whereas I think so many people run kind of for the, not that everyone's got their own reasons, but if you're just running for a specific goal, because yeah. I want to break three hours, because I want to lose weight, because I'm, you know, I want to spend more time with my partner who's a runner, or whatever, those kind of outcome goals, people just focus on that. But for me, I never wanted to run two hours 25 for the marathon, but I just ran a lot, stood on the start line, I said, okay, well, my fitness says I can, so let's go out and do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. I, and I got to the finish line, I was like, there you go. Yeah. You know, that's, that's because I've been out to go out there and enjoy the process of training. Yeah, and I think that is a big message, and I see it time and time again. I think the runners that do the best are the ones that love the process, aren't just training to race, but have fallen in love with no, the, the training I, process. Don't get me wrong, I do enjoy going for a race. I enjoy the crowd and the atmosphere, people shouting your name, the, the, the start line feeling um, of all those like hopes and dreams on the start line. It's a very magical place mm. every morning. We'll be setting off down the road together. Um, on that, you know, chasing their dream. It's a very powerful thought and process. Just a, that image in your head, I just love it. But, you know, come out from that and day to day, yeah, it's just about being out, out in nature, clearing the head, mental health, and just hopefully feeling good about yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, combined with that, obviously, is the chance of getting injured and those type of things, but managing, okay, just a few you know, days off here and there should be all right. And if you could, so for, for, our, for our listeners and what the people that are wanting to learn from your journey, are there, are there a couple of, or one or two big things that you would definitely tell people to do? And are there a couple that you would kind of advise them, you know, on your maybe mistakes you've made as you've gone along, something to avoid? Anything um, that comes I to think, mind? I think it's really important to, if people are just looking obviously to get faster, is, is to follow a structured training plan mm-hmm. that will balance everything that you need. I think for the average, you know, I, I would have no idea how to run. For me, when I first looked at it, I just thought you'd go out and run 100 miles an hour everywhere and eventually you'll get fit. <laughs> I have no idea. The first runs I'd go on, when I first got my Garmin, I looked back and I was like, you know, my heart rate was about 185 beats a minute for every run I'd go on. I'd had no idea that you could run slow. <laughs> and so if you get a good training plan, it will structure that all out for you. Yes, we sell them on our own website. Um, and yeah, I think that is just so important for, mm. for a beginner or amateur runner to, to really improve their running. Yeah. And it takes a lot of the stress out of it as well. Um, yeah. And there'll be a lot of nice, easy bits in there. You can go out and just, just go for a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of something to avoid or lessons that I've learned, I think for a lot of time people just want to spend... I think it's where you sort of spend your money. Like for a lot of people, it's buying a two hundred and fifty pound pair of shoes, yeah. and that is at best going to make you know two or three percent difference. Yeah. And that money can be so much better invested in getting a coach coming to see you for a couple, <laughs> for a couple of sessions, um, yeah, or or just in other things, you know, going to see a nutritionist to get all your nutrition dialed in. Mm. Spending money on shoes is fun. And it's just an easy win, 
but it's not going to help you really improve that much. Is it a win? I mean, do you do you, in your experience? Because I know I know you've worn them, and I know you uh, well, I yeah, know we, we do review a lot of shoes yeah. on the channel. Yeah, but it's it's just it would just make such it's such a tiny difference. It's just like a one percenter at the end. Right. But so many beginner runners or whatever they come in, they're like. I'm going to get this pair of shoes and then I'm going to put them on and I'm going to run so much faster. And yeah, you will run faster, but you won't run anywhere near as fast as you think or Nike might tell you you're going to run faster. Yeah, yeah. So if you've just got a pot of, say, £250 to spend on your running, getting a training plan, um, get, you know, getting to see a, a movement coach, if, you, if you've got a bit more money than getting a, a dedicated coach that you can see for your training period of three or four months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's better. You know, getting some basic, uh, a little bit of you know, not too much strength and conditioning stuff. I know you're not a big fan of doing too much of it, but a few, you know, things you can help stretch at home, yep. some just some bands and a few basic weights to do some stuff at home. That is going to set you far, far better than spending. And get, yeah. then get a hundred pound pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think it's the way society is. It suits us to just get a box in the post that we think we can just yeah, open, it's an easy put, way. put them on. Yeah, and we haven't got to think about getting fitter we haven't got to think about moving better we haven't got to think about having a maybe uh, a better plan it's, yeah, it's we just, just put them on and go of it. Yeah. Um, and people kind of forget everything else that's got to go before yeah that's it we, yeah, we're in danger of thinking the work's being done for us and, and I was the same when I first done. started out I love telling the story because a few people I know said the same story you, back then I'll go into a running shop um, they don't really exist that much anymore and it would just be what's the most expensive pair of shoes you've got? And they'll give me this one, and this is £150. And I was like, yeah, but that one's 170 I want those. They'll be better. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but they're not quite... No, I'm having those. It was just the most expensive pair of shoes will be the best. Yeah. Even yeah. if I couldn't afford them. <laughs> just throw everything. And so, you, you know, you live and learn by those things. Yeah, and yeah. for a lot of people, people ask me all the time, what's the best pair of shoes? I was like, the most comfortable pair of shoes is the best pair of shoes. Mm. That might be a £250 pair of shoes. It's unlikely. So just find yeah, whatever isn't giving you any investors, spots, spots and all that sort of thing, whatever you can move comfortably in, that'll yeah. be the best way to go. Yeah, sounds good, sounds good. And so, and then, yeah, so obviously the, 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 the YouTube channel, the, the Strava, your followers has, has grown and grown and grown. I mean, where, where are you now? What's the... What are the numbers? Honestly, last time you looked. Last time you looked. So what, where are they? Because I find it fascinating because I've literally seen your journey from standing with you in the Swan car park by the sound of it, sort of thinking, oh, three hours, that might be tricky, to, to now having completed that. And, and cre- I, I'm, I'm, what really excites me with my research, when I travel with my research, I'm looking at movement. But what really excites me and what I think is fascinating is what I call the power of the group. Yeah. I think it's huge. I think I see it with the African training camps that they're very much a group and they help each other and push each other and support each other. I see it with the tribes and indigenous people all the time. And I think we, we're losing that ability to be a group, to be a tribe. Um, but you seem to have done that, in, and, but with big numbers. And often very, when, when, when numbers get big, often the communication breaks down. But you seem to have kind of uh, got yeah, that ability to, to, Strava, to continue to grow. Strava has... A lot of positives and obviously some negatives like anything. But through what 
everything people have been through over the last year and stuff and not being able to run with their friends and see people have been running their regular groups our own running group has is now back up and running again yep. but that was obviously stopped and yeah people couldn't get out and about so Strava did form a really good basis for people to see each other's training and to communicate and yeah I'm kind of lucky in a way there's I don't know just north of 30 odd thousand people following on Strava um which is lovely, but I, I look at more of the engagement metrics. Not that you can really see that, but I like to think I'm the most commented on <laughs> athlete on Strava in the world because people will ask me In the world? I don't, I don't, I don't wow. know who's getting more. People okay. have more followers, but most yep. people don't reply but, to it. But not as much engagement. Um, so most of the runs will have, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50, and some of them have hundreds of comments um, because people want to ask advice and, or just form a little community that people will chat in amongst the comments and so it's just a place yeah where I'll answer or everybody asks and just try it's not really giving back it's just I always just see myself as being in that person's situation we just have a lawnmower coming to us <laughs> you, can, you can tell it's live and we're at the pavilion because it wouldn't be anything without a cricket lawnmower coming past lovely cricket lawnmower but yeah I just see myself as in I was in <laughs> I was in that situation that that person is now in a few years ago, so yep. I want to like, sort of help them as much as I can. Mm. So just to build these online communities, I'd obviously rather be doing this in real life, but through social media, whatever, it's impossible to see everybody. Of course, face. yeah. And so we're hoping to get out to see more people at races and at events and, okay. and do some runs together. Um, which is what we, what we used to do before. Yeah. But yeah, through the comment sections of YouTube and, and Strava especially, then we're just trying to help people on a journey, but also so they're not alone. Yeah. So when I try to talk about a lot of my own videos and the struggles I've had with injuries or struggles I've had with my mental health, people really resonate with that because there's always someone going through something. Yeah, um, yeah. People... Yeah, sort of connect with it. Yeah, um, and so, so so when you so if you put something on Strava, how does that work? Then so do you do then put a, a a piece of time aside to sit down and 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 answer all of the questions, or do you just do it as you go through the day? Because so if someone asks you a question, um, and you and you comment on it, yeah, do you put that time aside, or do you just do it throughout the day? It's does just that kind of throughout. That must keep you busy throughout the day. Yeah, it does, but. Um, yeah, you just, you just, that's part of, of being it. Yeah. It sounds so horrible, but it always comes back to this thing of no one's asking me to do this. No, so, I, listen, I know you, I listen, I know so you enjoy it. I know when you're talking about it, you have a glint in your eye, so I know you enjoy yeah, it. I, it's just, I was just wondering the logistics of, of uh, communicating with that many people. Because I, I do lots of webinars and things like that, but that's for maybe two hours and then everybody logs on and I do a webinar and then, and then it's finished. Whereas you, you seem to be incredibly accessible, and I think that's... Yeah, it's what we try to do, and I just think you can't underestimate the impact that will have on somebody. Mm. You know, we, and then that, that, you know, 30 seconds I've replied to a comment, that might turn into an email in a couple of months' time, just to say thank you, you don't realise how much this has helped me. And we're very lucky that we get an incredible amount of messages that come in all the time of people just thanking us. For what we've done, which I find quite uncomfortable because I don't really feel we've done all that much, but at the same time, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty it's, huge. It's been a, it's been it, a, it kind of comes out a little bit more 
in the festive period when people are buying, they matter stuff people are buying off us for their friend or their family member because that family member or friend is so passionate about what we do, have had an impact on their life yeah, yeah. and on their running journey. I think we're lucky we, we work in running, so people love it. It's such a happy, well, that's what, happy area. That, that's why we're I love it. people become sort of happier and, yeah. and enjoy their life and their running a little bit more than they are. Yeah. That, that, that's why I love it because everybody pretty much everybody you're working with is excited about doing it and that kind of washes back over you yeah. so my day is full of almost entirely positivity because people are excited to see you if I was a plumber or an electrician they might not want to see me and I think well I don't really want to spend my money on this but yeah. actually they're investing in something they're excited about and that, that does have a big positive effect so yeah. I, yeah I totally get that I totally get that and, and so many I, so again, it's awkward calling myself an athlete or whatever, but so many people that do work in the running business that are professional athletes, obviously I'm not saying I'm that, they just don't engage with the audience at all. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, they'll do some PR events and things, but they've got a massive paycheck from Nike or New Balance, they don't need to. Sure. Um, and as I said before, we didn't ever want to go anywhere near that area, because I'm not good enough as a runner to do it anyway. But um, we just wanted to create a very authentic audience that really is passionate about what we do. Yeah. No, and be very honest and transparent. And, yeah. 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 Well, it works. And so I think it was probably around about February time, you, you kind of um, took a bit of a, a, a backseat or a bit of a rest from the social media. Um, and I think, yeah, you probably just, you spent a lot of time helping other people. Um, and it kind of maybe it was you were in a position where maybe you needed a, a take little a bit, bit of time to look after myself. It was. Yeah. I'm still learning a lot about mental health now. It's something that just really hit me, and I really was not expecting it, and I knew nothing about it, and I was experiencing some thoughts in my head and physical sensations over my body that was like there's something not right here. And my in- initial thing was phone the doctor, go to the hospital. So spent time in hospitals being assessed and they're like, just say the same thing. There's nothing wrong with you. Your blood tests are fine, your heart's fine, <laughs> your lungs are fine. But yeah, I was in a and a few times with panic attack. Now I know it's a panic attack, but right. at the time I'm thinking, I'm dying, my, I'm having a heart attack. And it's like, yeah, that can happen. But for someone that does what you do, it is incredibly remote. Sure. But you lose all rational thought going through this. You always just assume the worst for everything. And was um, that was that? Do you think that's a symptom of of, of, of being an athlete? Is, is it coping with being an athlete? Coping with being in the public eye? Coping with being someone who lives in London? What, what, where, where, where do you think that kind of comes from? I still don't know because I don't. I'm still not really understanding the exact triggers of what you know what how it all happened because I haven't got rid of it yet I'm just learning to manage it and deal with it a bit better but look, yeah all of that stuff you've said um, you know living in London um, I think the pandemic has got a lot to a lot to do with it that I'm still trying to understand now yeah. um, a lot of fear over going out the front door every time and and being told you're going to die at every, every opportunity the media which is through the media then through um, and 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 also when you're putting out content, not to not be offending people, but people are so much more 
likely to react to something in a negative way for what you put out. So with every upload, it was just a nightmare for like the first sort of hour. And it's like, okay, the comments seem okay. And we got a, not got away with it because we're not putting anything controversial out there. But it was like, how is this going to be perceived? Mm. You know, as in one video, I sat on a bench for about two minutes. And this really offended somebody. And they just went to an absolute warpath. You shouldn't be sitting on a bench in COVID times. Right. And it really yeah. helped me. I was in tears. Um, because I sat, I didn't know, I didn't know you weren't sitting on a bench. But when you're in the social media world, you have to know everything because someone will pick you up on it. Because yes. someone's an expert, yes. someone's more of an yeah, expert. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it was kind of a combination of lots of this, diff- lots of this sort of stuff, all hitting me um, around January, February time. Again, it sounds very privileged. Would normally be abroad. It's a nicer climate. The weather was awful in the UK. Yeah. It's dark. It was dark all the time. And yeah, I just couldn't, just couldn't cope. Right. And so I had to just say, just take a step back. And we had received some negative comments from some, I call them professional trolls. They knew what they were doing. Sure. Um, and that obviously didn't go down too well because I didn't know about, I didn't know that at the time. I've now managed to do research into these messages through asking some more IT people and seeing where they're coming from around the world and that sort of thing. And yeah, you just have to learn to live with it. This whole thing of what we've done is growing so quickly, mm. far bigger than we ever imagined. As I said at the time, I never stopped work to do this. It just happened to happen, and we, and we love it. Yeah, yeah. But so you have to roll with everything that it will throw at you. Yeah, yeah. I don't have media training, I don't have any experience in that sort well, of Well, I think work. that's why people are, are attracted to it, is because you just do it, and uh, I think that's why people... Yeah, but like with the videos, follow. it literally, it, we rarely have a script, we just press record and see what comes out. Mm. Like, it's not, nothing true. Really, well, I've been on the end of them, so I know. Nothing's really <laughs> pre-planned. Yeah, sure. um, like today, you don't have a script, I've got no idea what no. you're asking, we're just having a chat. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm getting some help. Yeah. So, so what? Um, so, it, yeah. So, what? What have you? How have you done that? So, again, for, there'll be people definitely listening who, or experience all of the or some of these things. Um, what? So, what did you do? Did you um, go and get some advice? I've or? had some. Yeah. Some some things have worked. Some things haven't. And at the moment, um, started seeing a sports therapist, uh, Josie, who is just. She's got a lot of experience with dealing with very much professional athletes right. that have been in the spotlight way more than I have. Um, and yeah, just sort of dealing with that a little bit better. And, and health anxiety will hopefully go because it, it, it's, so, it's so hard to explain to people that have been in that situation because you can be worried about your heart, but yet you can go for a run every single day sure. or train every single day there's nothing wrong and so just learning what these triggers are and what have, have just someone have someone explained what it's all about and what's going on and that it's normal and it can be fixed and then hopefully you're feeling a little bit better yeah. so yeah. there's no there's no answer with mental health everybody's unique everybody's different I can't just sit here and say do this this and this it really has to be a case of going out speaking to a few different people and seeing what is sort of working for you. Yeah. Re- you know, reading books and taking time out. Unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately, our life is 100% running. Now. I was going to ask that because that's obviously amazing and very positive on paper, but is it, is it, can it have its own issues if everything is about running? Because Sarah obviously is a coach and she's a good yeah, runner so, herself. Yeah, my, and my partner Sarah is um, a running coach, she's a 
was a very accomplished ultra runner in her own mind. She, she, she coaches, similar to me, she had a corporate background. She quit that to become a personal trainer, which she did for a couple of years. Mm. And then exactly same as me. This just all sort of spiralled, and now she works for me and has her own coaching thing as well. So we are running you know, morning, noon and night. Yeah. Seven days a week, never stops. And so we are very much trying to do other things outside of running. Um, what have you been so, doing? <laughs> Taking up any exciting hobbies? or I bought a piano last week. No, really? Um, for example, it hasn't been delivered yet, but I, but I, but I enjoyed playing piano when I was younger. Right. It's a standard child thing to do. Yeah. Um, and just sort of reading more books that aren't running related, just okay. and finding some other hobbies. Whether it's like, even if it's just going to yoga... Um, doing some more spiritual things, more relaxing things like that will help in a roundabout way. Um, I'm really into my cars and going to car races and so doing a bit more stuff like that. Just some more projects and things. Yeah, sure. But a difficulty with, I hate saying <laughs> COVID, but all of this has obviously not been possible. So all this stuff we would usually do in our day to day lives has just stopped yeah. and to a point where it really was only running because that's all I could do. We yeah. couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now I'm trying to get some more non-running related things. Yeah. So playing a bit of piano <laughs> coming up um, over, yeah, over the next few months. Guess what? We might get, I might get you on. I might get you on after Christmas. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you can do my jingles. <laughs> but I think that's so important uh, for a lot of people is to have as much diverse range of hobbies and interests as you can, especially especially growing up. Yeah, and it's interesting because actually, you're so for a lot of people who are listening, running is their way of finding a balance everything else whereas yeah. you have to almost move slightly is, away from running to find your balance running is good for your mental health but I can't say it is always good for me because at every run you go on thousands of people are going to see it and analyse it mm. and so that, that isn't easy but that's why every now and then I will just take a few weeks off and just do my own thing mm. I'm still out there training so yeah, doing yeah. my stuff yeah. I see still people in the street yeah and I'll probably put it live on Strava a few months later. But you do just need to take a break um, from it, from it all. Otherwise, it will just become. And that's whatever you do. I think that's just a difficulty with being self-employed. You 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 always want to be out there trying to earn a living. Yeah. I don't have much money. It's not easy doing what we do. Um, but every now and then, you know, if you work for a company, I'll say, well, four or five weeks of the year, it's yours. You just go off, and then people can log off. Go yeah. and do their own thing. Yeah. You just can't do that when you work for yourself. But that might be a good message for, for a lot of runners out there because it's become, because of social media and because of technology, it's become very voyeuristic, hasn't it? Everyone can see what everybody's doing. Yeah. Now that can be good because it can be good for sharing messages, but actually it can put you under pressure to think maybe you should be running more miles than you are. You know, should you be having a rest day when on social media everybody's doing yoga or strength I, and conditioning think, when they're not running? Yeah, the hardest thing I think for... L- for a lot of, not necessarily me, but a lot of people have a bit of a, a rival out there in their running world. Everyone will know one. That person is always just doing a little bit better. Sure. And that, you know, that comparison is the thief of joy. So whatever that phrase is, um, is really difficult on Strava. Because, yeah. So having a break from Instagram, having a break from Strava, having a break from whatever it is, if, whether you have one follower or a million followers you just have to do that yeah when people have a million followers but they have nothing to do with their Instagram anyway <laughs> somebody will manage that for them um, but that speaks from volume to itself because you know when you see those bigger people they don't get that involved with it yeah but um, 
yeah, just sort of having a break and managing it. And um, just doing it because you want to do it rather than you want to show people that yeah, you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think a, I think a lot of people, a lot of runners that I work with, I think a lot of people are running too many miles. I mm. really do. Um, and I think one of the reasons is is because everybody can see what everybody's doing and, and that just makes the mileage go up. If there's lots of competitors in business, it just makes the price go down. There's yeah. you know, market forces and it just seems to make people's mileage and, and how much they do just go up. And, well, we've got so much access to information and I think for a lot of people, you know, there might be a standard, I was going to say standard, but someone that's running, say, four hours for a marathon wants to get down to 3.30, um, and that would be fantastic. So what they'll do is they'll say, what's Elliot Kachovi running? No, he's not on Strat. Well, I think he is. We never post anything. But obviously the trainer, okay, well, he's running 100 miles, 120 miles a week. Okay, how am I going to do that? Well, it's not yeah. really how it works. Sure. Yeah. You just want to be running 30 miles a week and, you know, get a proper training plan and, and stick to that. But, yeah, there's so much information out there now. Um, yeah, which is essentially what we try and do. Yeah, condense it yeah, all and, absolutely. And, and feed it to people in a manageable way. Good, so. Yeah. Well, listen. That's yeah. Well, obviously, good luck with that journey with the with the with the sports therapist and stuff. That sounds fascinating. It'd be interesting to keep us up to date on that because um, yeah, yeah I've, I think we'll learn from your journey. Better than I was, mm. but there's still a lot of work to do with it to become stronger. Life is yeah. difficult at times. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not plain sailing. I'm sure people look at what we do and think that would be amazing. That must they must be living the most perfect life in the world. But sure. it's, and it is, don't get me wrong, you know, sometimes it is just utterly fantastic, but it's a struggle at times, yep. but we're getting better, and the more we get stronger, the better content we can produce for people. Yeah. So, what about the future then? Any, any kind of plans for the future? I mean, it's obviously, it has been difficult over the last sort of two years almost to, to plan, and we just, everybody's just been yeah. going through. But no, what, what's your, any, any thoughts for the future, sort of things you'd love to... To achieve, or in running, or outside of running, maybe with the piano, or what, yeah, what do you want? You know, what, what's your plan? To learn to play the piano. Um, at the moment, like non-running related things, we're, we're, we're trying to leave London. Um, okay. But nobody really wants to buy two bedroom flats in the centre of London at the moment. So yeah, we do want to move our life outside of London to get a better, um, just a better quality of life. Okay. Not living in our little shoebox in London, which is which was great when I needed to be there for work, but and then when we didn't earn any money setting up a business or anything, we couldn't move because we were stuck there. But now we've kind of got to a point where we can look at look at moving. Yeah. So we'd like to do that, and then yeah, the the online side of things is just growing so quickly. So we need like more warehousing space, and just trying get a site out in the countryside where we can have everything together. So a unit and, and yeah, so a unit, but a filming area and things because we really want to give this our all for the next however long. I'm not going to do this forever but I still feel that we've got a lot to give um, in helping people on their running and people enjoy what we do. So and then in my own like personal life, sorry my running life, I I, I know I have the ability to run another two hours 20 for the marathon and so I just want to give that my all. Obviously some people might know I broke my ankle last year so still working to get over that but it, you can't really see any evidence of it now no I mean from a movement, from, from it, a movement point there's a big argument to say actually that from a movement point of view you came back and actually almost from you know round Just zero and built up yeah and actually there's a big argument saying in, in, in many ways it was better I think there was it, it looked really good yeah, yeah so that can definitely happen 
but with where my mental health and everything like that is at the moment, it's not really in the best place to be going into that yet. So just trying to get myself on a lot more level, solid foundation and work on that foundation thing. And then so next year we'll turn the corner and uh, and really build up to a really good effort for a spring marathon, I think. I've got London Marathon, whether that will happen or not. Yeah. I really have a lot of sympathy with people that have been training for races through lockdown and everything, knowing that it's most likely not going to happen. It's hard to focus, isn't it? It's really yeah. hard. You know, I, I'm very lucky. I just love nothing more than going out the door. And I know not everybody is blessed with that. And they want to have a goal race to, to work towards. But yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, the Gold Coast Marathon in Australia was literally cancelled three days before. And a week out, there was no evidence yeah. it was going to... And that's Australia... You know, we're in the UK, hopefully London will be fine, the yeah. race is happening yeah. a lot yeah. now, so fingers crossed we'll be good to go. In London and then Valencia, whether we can go to Spain or not, I don't know. <laughs> we'll know near the Hopefully. time. Yeah. And, I, and we're talking about the future, all of our futures I guess, but I had a, um, a runner come here the other day who had one of your uh, hoodies on. Yeah. I think it was a hoodie, yeah it was a hoodie, and proudly told me that, not, that buying the hoodie had um, planted a tree. Oh, okay, yeah, well... So you didn't... T- I didn't know about we, this, so... We are trying to, like most companies should be doing, is be a lot more aware of the... I call it like the cost of doing business. By right. running a business, it has an effect on the environment. Mm. Just, just by doing what we do, we're producing, producing things. So, yeah, whether that's somebody downloading a training plan, which is just obviously a PDF, but that needed a computer to be powered, that... Means energy, so sure. um, or whether someone's buying a physical item from us, a, a tree does get planted for every order. Um, and yeah, as a business, we like, we must we there's no way we wouldn't be completely carbon neutral now with the amount of carbon offsets that we do through through the scheme that we're working with. Um, pretty much everything we sell is now made from recycled recycled uh, products through right. plastic bottles and stuff all of our so the hats and shirts, all of the hats aren't currently but the next batch that I order very soon will be okay so that's all being transferred over um, and yeah you know just being completely sustainable business so yeah. when people buy something from us they know that the environmental impact is I don't know if you say positive like you know they're, they're having a positive effect on their environment rather than a negative one. Sure. So everything yeah, we good produce is as high a quality as possible. It's designed to last for a very long time. It's hopefully nothing like a disposable fashion that unfortunately still does exist out there. So yeah, it's all the robust quality stuff and for last few years. Excellent. Good stuff. Well listen, it's been really good to chat. Really appreciate you coming down and sharing uh, your stories and, and your journey to date. Yeah, looking, it's been forward, good. looking forward to what the future holds and working together even more. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me on to chat to Pleasure. one of the legends out there as part of your platform that you've built as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, no, we're doing a, a similar thing of, yeah, just trying to bring people together and get people to do something together that they love doing and get them to interact and try and learn. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's new um, and we're finding our way, but it's growing and growing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Well, congratulations, though. Thank you. And keep working hard, everybody out there. Keep on getting it done. All right, thanks very much. Take All it right, easy. Okay.